I am so anxious. For the first time in my life, I smoked my medical marijuana for legitimate medical reasons. Oh, you're not alone, Bill Maher. Old country. The whole country is scared. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPSK 90.7 FM in LA. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI News Radio. In Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also streaming coast to coast and around the globe on this, the day before the presidential election. On the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik, amongst others, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from... Bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us. As I say on this, the final day uh, before Election Day. I want to say before this long nightmare is is over, but we don't know how long this long nightmare will actually continue. But it is the day before Election Day. And on this day, my advice to you, believe nothing. Believe nothing that you hear, nothing that you hear from from the Trump campaign, uh, because they've only increased their extraordinary amount of lying in these closing hours. We'll get to that in a second, but also nothing, I believe nothing that you hear about uh, from the media for about voter turnout and about what it may or may not mean for either of the uh, of the campaigns. Nobody knows anything. Everybody is reading whatever tea leaves they can find and they're trying to give it meaning. But really, they're just guessing. They are making it up as they go. Nobody knows nothing and nobody will know nothing until everyone who wants to vote gets to vote. And until those votes are counted, if they are counted and until those votes are counted in a way that we can all know that they've actually been counted accurately. Wouldn't that be nice? So nobody knows anything. Uh, some are lying about it. Others are just making things up as best they can to try and, you know, fill the time with content that sounds as if it is predictive of something, but it isn't. Nothing is. Nothing. I would I would believe nothing. Uh, be skeptical of everything you hear, Desi Doyen. Everything oh, I agree. You, even from me, be skeptical. Of everything you hear until well after the election is called. And uh, frankly, given the madness of this election cycle, I would wait until January 20th, <laughs> 2017. 
I'm, I'm not kidding. I know, but it's still I'm absurd. I'm not kidding. It's still an example of where we are in this uh, world. Until right the now. next president is sworn in, whoever it may be. I would uh, I would take nothing for granted. Uh, anybody who thinks that this election is going to just end with a nice, easy election day, the results come in smoothly, everyone gets to vote, the results come in, a winner is announced. Uh, the loser says, oh, thank you very much for, uh, you know, for supporting me and good luck to my uh, opponent now that they've won. Anybody who thinks that's going to happen has not been paying attention to this insane election season. So I, and I, so I suspect there's going to be still many surprises uh, between now and then, just as there has been from the jump. And frankly, even if all goes well at this point, uh, it goes smoothly. That alone would be a surprise. That would be a huge surprise at this point. Maybe that would be the the capper. In any in any event, uh, stay uh, skeptical, uh, but stay calm. Help your fellow voters uh, between now and the end of election day and election night. Maybe we can all pull together somehow. Get through this together. That would be nice. As a country, as a nation, as we should, but until then, until then, stay uh, stay skeptical, believe nothing, uh, and uh, and the news over the weekend just caused one reason after another, I think, to uh, to keep that advice in mind. So uh, we got a lot to cover today, and let's see how much we actually get through. So remember, one week ago, one week ago today, when we told you. We told you don't make much of that uh, James Comey letter, the the head of the FBI, the director of the FBI, uh, his letter about uh, reopening the Clinton email investigation. And we told you at the time that we weren't going to spend too much time on it. And we did not, not because we were trying to avoid uh, that news, but because there was no news there. In truth, there was no news there. He said, we, we have found a new batch of email. We have no idea what it is. Um, but we want to let Congress know. And, of course, uh, even discussing it prejudiced the electorate for no legitimate reason, as I argued at the time, until we knew more. Well, what do you know? Uh, now we know more. On Sunday, uh, Comey sent another uh, letter. The uh, head of the FBI sends another letter to Congress saying, essentially, uh, never mind. <laughs> He, he wrote, uh, I, I write to supplement my October 28, 2016 letter that notified you the FBI would be taking additional investigative steps. And with respect to former Secretary of Clinton, uh, Secretary of State Clinton's use of a personal email server since my letter, the FBI investigative team has been working around the clock to process and review a large volume of emails from a device obtained in connection with an unrelated criminal investigation. We now know that was uh, Anthony, an investigation into Anthony Weiner, uh, some sexting uh, nonsense. Comey writes, during that process, we reviewed all the communications that were to or from Hillary Clinton while she was secretary of state. And based on our review... We have not changed our conclusion that we expressed in July with respect to Secretary Clinton. And in case you forgot, in July, James Comey's uh, uh, conclusion was that there was no reason to prosecute her uh, for her private email server, that no prosecutor in their right mind would go after her, that there was no crime committed there. No prosecutable crime in any event that was uh, committed. C uh, Comey went on to say, I'm very grateful to the professionals at the FBI for doing an extraordinary amount of high quality work in a short period of time. Yes, I'm grateful, too. Why didn't he wait until those professionals did that uh, extraordinary amount of high quality work in a short period of time before freaking out the electorate about it? 
all of the emails reportedly in this new batch were uh, simply duplicates of emails that had already been reviewed by the FBI, we're now learning, uh, or they were personal emails of, of no uh, consequence at all to the public. In other words, as Josh Marshall notes at TPM, not only was nothing found to change the original judgment at a basic level, there actually was not even any new evidence to review. He says this should have never happened. It was inexcusable. It was driven by politics. It should have never happened. According to the statistics gurus over at 538.com, Clinton's probability of victory collapsed by a number of points in the aftermath of Comey's letter. Uh, the, the probability of her winning the presidency fell from 85 percent to 65 percent in just a few days. So, in other words, from almost nine out of ten chances of Hillary Clinton winning to just two out of three chances of Hillary Clinton winning, all uh, if, you know, following Comey's letter. Now, was it all due to Comey's letter? Probably not. But it, like a good uh, a percentage of it likely was. Either way, we are now left, the public is now left to wonder if results were skewed by the actions of one man behaving in strict defiance of the Department of Justice, their written policies barring these type of actions by uh, DOJ employees, and yes, the FBI is part of the DOJ, barring these kind of uh, actions concerning indictments, concerning investigations, public statements about them in the final days of an election. James Comey did that anyway. And the reason they bar uh, the DOJ bars that is for precisely the reasons that are so well illustrated by this shameful chapter. That's why they're not supposed to do it. That's why they're not supposed to come out in the heat of an election and make an announcement about an investigation or about an indictment. As uh, I remember famously, a, a U.S. attorney did back in the uh, in the Bush days, just before the 2004 election, when Comey was actually serving at the DOJ. But it was a uh, uh, one of these U.S. attorneys that they had that the Bush administration had pushed in there to bring out a case about voter fraud. Turned out to be a bogus case, had nothing to do with voter fraud, had to do with ACORN and uh, this voter registration uh, nonsense back then. And uh, in, once again, under the Bush administration, they defied their own, uh, the DOJ's own rules to uh, come out and make hay about that case. Well, they did it again. James Comey did it again. James Comey, who was is a Republican, he was supported by Democrats when Barack Obama appointed him to be the FBI uh, director. And at the time that he was supported by both Republicans, and Democrats alike, we talked on this show how there was reason to be concerned about James Comey. Remember, we had Colleen Rowley on, who was uh, formerly an FBI agent who won a Time Magazine Person of the Year following 9-11, um, pointing out that you know, she, you know, she had found uh, the guys who were trying taking flying lessons up in Minnesota but weren't learning how to land and was trying to get the attention of the FBI but couldn't. In any, in any event, she came on this show and said, yeah, there's reasons to be worried about James Comey that Democrats aren't even bothering to talk about. Well, maybe now we know one of those reasons. Anyway, we'll get into uh, Comey another time, I suspect, because I, I, I think there'll be a lot more fallout from this. But 
The latest uh, news from Comey on Sunday, this letter on Sunday, that news comes too late to be reflected in uh, in most of those polling averages. Some of them that I referred to that 538.com uses. Uh, so it won't fully make it into the polls before Election Day, but the betting markets have apparently reacted to it. They added another uh, three points or so to Clinton's odds once the news came out that indeed she would she was still cleared uh, of an indictment uh, by the FBI. So her uh, the, uh, on the betting market. There are people who bet on these things, place money on these things. So her odds went up there. And apparently, uh, according to one of them, uh, there was uh, more bets placed on Hillary Clinton within the last 24 hours since that news came out than there had been in all of October. The stock market as well has reacted in a big uh, in a big way to the news. They opened about 350 points up. The Dow Jones did uh, about 350 points up today. The Nasdaq jumped as well. The price of gold fell, all on the belief that the markets would uh, avoid or will avoid. We'll see. We'll avoid the chaos that Donald Trump would bring to those markets if uh, if Donald Trump is elected. Remember, Desi, we had a caller last week on, on oh, yeah. the show who said in any event that he was a day trader and he was rooting for Donald Trump because that would mean havoc in the markets. Yes, and volatility in the market was good for him personally, yes. so he was all for it. That's right. I don't know if I should believe him or not, but that's what he said. And remember, I told you at the top of the show, believe nothing. Believe nothing. Nothing. Not until this is all over. In the meantime, a small change in support for uh, Hillary Clinton due to that unnecessary and ultimately meaningless disruption of a national election by the FBI director has almost certainly damaged the chances of Democrats regaining the Senate majority. This is one of the reasons why I do want to talk about it, because it's going to pervert the electorate, essentially, uh, and, uh, you know, with nothing there. And yet the cable news uh, channels were going wall to wall with it from the very beginning. They have no judgment. They have. Anyway, uh, so the, the drops, uh, the uh, chances of the Senate majority being uh, uh, regained by the Democrats have have indeed dropped. And that's due to uh, even a small change in support for uh, Hillary Clinton. The odds over at uh, 538.com dropped from more than a 70 percent chance for a Democratic uh, majority, a Democratic takeover of the U.S. Senate, to uh, a little bit more than 50 percent odds that Republicans will now hang on to their majority today. So the Republican majority in the U.S. Senate is now is now the favorite, uh, or at least over at 538.com. Thanks to uh, thanks to Director Comey. Uh, so speaking of things you should not believe, uh, did you hear that an FBI agent suspected in Hillary uh, Hillary Clinton's email leaks was found dead in an apparent murder suicide? What? Yes, that's right. It happened uh, just over the weekend. The uh, apparently the the FBI agent who had uh, called for an indictment of Hillary was found dead. Apparent murder-suicide, according to the Denver Guardian. Shocking news. More shocking? There is no such thing as the Denver Guardian. There is no such newspaper. Uh, despite the uh, Facebook post that you may have seen, Des, I know you saw this. You were taken in by it for a moment. Yeah, I saw it, and I thought, wait, what? Yeah, I know. Well, it's totally fake. 
Uh, <laughs> no, uh, there was no FBI agent found in a murder-suicide uh, over the weekend. You know what else is fake? Uh, there was not an assassination attempt against Donald Trump, but he uh, himself, or at least his people, are lying about it. Uh, <laughs> it was amazing. After uh, he was hustled off stage by sec- secret, uh, uh, secret security on um, uh, Saturday. Saturday at a rally in Reno, Nevada, uh, his people including his son, Don Trump Jr., they took to uh, Twitter and elsewhere to claim that there had been an assassination attempt. Wow, really? That sounds bad. As it turns out, there was no assassination attempt either. A protester uh, was involved in a scuffle at this uh, rally in, uh, in Reno, Nevada. And uh, over the weekend, he had to deny accusations that he was an operative for the Democrats. He says Austin Kreitz is his name. He told the AP it's absolutely ridiculous. He says he's a Republican. He was holding a sign that said Republicans against Trump. He said, I stand by my principles, and that's the reason I felt uh, compelled to go there and hold up the sign. And well, uh, he was holding up that sign as Trump was speaking. A disturbance broke out. Two Secret Service agents uh, surrounded Trump, whisked him away. Trump campaign manager Kellyanne Conway told CNN, uh, according to AP, that the protester was a Democratic plant or operative, but she offered no details or proof. That's because she's a liar. In a, uh, in a statement, the Secret Service said uh, that uh, someone in front of the stage had shouted, Gun! But no weapon was found. Uh, Kreitz, uh, as he was getting booed for holding up the sign, uh, people suddenly turned violent on him. They grabbed at his arm to get the sign down. Then someone tackled him. Then people started kicking him and choking him, even grabbed his crotch. He said, as I'm down there being choked, I hear something about a gun. I'm telling people there is no gun. There's no gun. I, there's just a sign. I have a sign. That's all he had was a sign. Well, yeah, but, you know, he was very close to the stage. He could have thrown that sign. Oh. He could have <laughs> odd jobbed him. Like right? odd job throwing his yeah, head in the Bond movie. That's right. <laughs> Don't laugh. A deadly sign. That's right. It's a de- it could have it been could a happen. could have been a deadly weapon. Don't don't laugh. <laughs> Paper cuts are no uh, laughing matter, Desi Doyen. I don't know why you're laughing like this. Anyway, no weapon was found <laughs> on him. He was released uh, after about an hour and a half. Uh, Kreitz uh, said uh, he'd be supporting the GOP if another Republican like uh, Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio was running. He said, I actually liked Donald Trump when he was just a businessman who wrote about business. So uh, so they lied about the assassination attempt uh, right after it happened. Both Donald Donald Trump Jr. and Dan Scavino is one of the uh, press uh, people, uh, communications people, I believe, for the uh, uh, for the Trump campaign. Uh, They retweeted uh, somebody else's tweet, which was totally false. The tweet said uh, this was from some GOP operative dude, uh, quote, Hillary ran away from rain today. Trump is back on stage minutes after an assassination attempt. That was a complete lie. There was no assassination attempt and they had to know so at the time, but they retweeted that anyway. 
the next day, I don't know if it was the next, uh, the same day or the next day, was this in uh, Denver, Colorado? Um, a video, the, the, a, tr- a, a priest at a Trump event, a guy by the name of Andre Mohana, uh, some priest, uh, did the invocation before a, a Trump rally in Denver. He blamed uh, Donald Trump's uh, the hatred for Donald Trump on uh, what the media has done, what the media has said about him. And at this Donald Trump rally, he went on to say that uh, the media should be att- uh, should be blamed for this attempted assassination, this attempted murder of Donald Trump. You attack him every time thinking he raises a speech of hate. Tonight, I think the hate Lara media raised against him caused an attempt of murder against him in Nevada. <laughs> Deadly sign. Deadly sign. An attempt of murder against him, an assassination attempt. Completely not true. Don't believe it. A guy in a Donald, uh, Donald Trump shirt, however, was carrying a gun outside of a Virginia polling place, according to authorities in Virginia, and they say they're fine with that. That's fine. Uh, now, remember, now, mind you, by the way, uh, you know, if they're willing to say uh, if, if Donald Trump and his crew are willing to turn against the guy with a sign, if they're willing to turn into an as- attempted assassination, uh, imagine what President Trump would be willing to do against his political opponents if he actually, you know, actual opponents, if he actually had power and the bully pulpit as president to take action against them. Anyway, that's just an aside. The guy in the Trump shirt uh, outside of a Virginia polling place uh, with a gun, with a gun, carrying a weapon. He stood outside a voting location in Loudoun County, uh, Virginia, on Friday. This is the uh, nation's richest county, apparently. And authorities there, uh, according to the uh, Ryan Riley over at Huffington Post, they're fine with that. Erica Cote encountered the man she went uh, when she went to vote at the county's registrar's office. Virginia doesn't have early voting, but voters can cast an in-person absentee ballot for a number of reasons. Uh, if they're going to be out of the county or out of the city on Election Day, she said, I had my nine year old son with me. I felt intimidated and I had to explain to my nine year old why a man with a 357 Magnum is standing outside the polling station. She said the man offered her a Republican sample ballot. She declined that. He's like, uh, quote, who are you going to vote for? Crooked Hillary? And I was like, that's really none of your business, said Cody, adding that uh, the man was also standing on the sidewalk outside the office when they left and was blocking their path. The uh, Loudoun County Registrar, Judy Brown, told the Huffington Post that the man was, in fact, standing there uh, and handing out GOP literature Apparently he was outside the the zone, whatever it is, 40-foot zone uh, that he had to be outside of. For electioneering. For electioneering. There is a a gentleman standing outside the office with a holstered gun, Brown told the uh, Huffington Post. According to law enforcement, because Virginia is open carry, he's allowed to have it. They said there's uh, nothing that they could do. He was well within his rights to be carrying his weapon. Her office uh, contacted the local Republican Party, which got the man to agree to pull his Trump shirt over the weapon so people couldn't see it. Uh, it's a free country, said Loudoun County Republican Committee Chair Will Estrada. I'm an NRA member uh, myself. So long as no laws are broken, I'm, I'm not going to tell someone that they can't do it. We're an open carry state. 
Cody said, yeah, I get that, but he's wearing a huge Trump shirt. He has a huge gun, and he was obstructing my exit on public property. That's insane to me. Now, of course, imagine if this man was black. Imagine if he was, uh, imagine if he was Muslim standing out there with a gun. I suspect uh, most of our listeners here today remember uh, those guys standing out with a, a, a nightstick in front of a polling place in Philadelphia back in 2000 and, uh, 2004, I think it was. And they're still talking. About, Donald Trump is still talking about it. Mind you, they were Black Panther, new Black Panthers or whoever the hell they were. They were uh, intimidating no one. There was absolutely no complaints about voter intimidation, unlike we have here. And yet they're still talking about it. They're still talking about it on Fox News. Donald Trump is still talking about it as if this was, uh, you know, how Democrats are going to steal the election again this year by intimidating people outside the polls. Having a black man stand outside a black poll and nobody complaining about it, but somebody uh, takes video of it and sends it to Fox News and they pretend like there's a crisis. But a guy with a gun outside of Virginia rally in an open carry state uh, outside of Virginia uh, polling place, I'm sorry, uh, in an open carry state. Apparently, that's just fine. So I would, uh, well, expect to see more of that on Election Day. Now, uh, here is something that if it turns out to be uh, true, uh, could be good news. But I will caution you here again to uh, not believe it. Do not make much of this about what I am about to tell you. Uh, Michael McDonald, uh, he is, uh, and actually we've got two Michael McDonalds here I'm about to talk about. This particular Michael McDonald is an election guy. He's an election integrity guy. We've had him on the show. He's from Florida State University, um, uh, and he follows things like early voting. He says that the places that are exceeding their 2012 uh, early voting totals, the states that have exceeded their the number of uh, people turning out to vote, is huge. Uh, I'll read the list of states that he had as of Friday night. Arizona, Arkansas, Delaware, DC, Washington, D.C., Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nevada, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, and uh, Wisconsin. All exceeded their early voting uh, totals from 2012. He said Texas should also be on the list, but he couldn't confirm the statewide uh, totals that they exceeded 2012, although he said it almost certainly, Texas almost certainly does. He would love to uh, add Texas to that list, but he only got data from 15 of the largest counties available, and those counties beat their early voter turnout uh, from 2012 by a lot, he says. Dave Wasserman, another election guy, says uh, that Hidalgo uh, County, Texas, the largest Hispanic county in the state, has already cast more votes in early voting than in all of 2012. And we haven't even reached Election Day in Florida. Another huge surge of uh, turnout uh, reportedly in the Latino uh, communities. Latino voter turnout, according to New York Times, saw a rise of 75 percent in early voting uh, from 2012, with more than a third of them being voters who haven't cast ballots before. That's a group that uh, may not show up as uh, likely voters in opinion polling. Our friend uh, Heather Digby Parton notes over at Salon. So there could be a hidden vote there, not for Donald Trump, but for Hillary Clinton. We'll see. 
Similar story in uh, Arizona, Maricopa County, Arizona. The Democratic Party chair, uh, Steve Sagoki, said on Friday that the uh, the Tempe Library has a three and a half hour wait for early voting right now. He called that completely 100 percent unacceptable that people should have to wait three and a half hours to early vote. He was calling and complaining all week long as this problem was happening, and apparently they were not getting more folks in there to to ease up these lines. Jody is someone he mentioned from the county recorder's office. Uh, this is up in Maricopa County, uh, where they had so many uh, hours-long uh, lines during the primaries back in June or whenever that was. Uh, and at the time, the uh, the registrar voters there, the Republican registrar voters who had closed hundreds of polling places, said, well, these voters shouldn't have, uh, it's their own fault for waiting to the last minute. Well, Jody from the county recorder's office, at least according to the chair of the Maricopa County Democratic Party, said that Jody told him the same thing. The voters shouldn't have waited until the last minute to vote. He added, I can't even make this stuff up. So blaming the voters again. They always blame the voters. As uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, however, put it concerning the, the big apparent turnout in Latino voting, Trump deserves the award for Hispanic turnout. He did more to get uh, to get them out than any Democrat has ever done, he said. North Carolina, uh, according to Michael McDonald, is the only state where, uh, at least as of Sunday, where African-American uh, voters saw a decline in the total 2012 numbers. He says that may be due to illegal purging of the rolls and polling places being closed in African-American areas. That could be uh, more voter suppression than lack of enthusiasm. Huffington Post reported that over 57,000 votes were cast in Clark County, Nevada. That is a single-day record. This was on Friday a single-day record that propelled Democrats to a statewide ballot edge on par with results at the same point in 2012 when Barack Obama won Nevada by nearly seven points. John Ralston, the reporter from uh, uh, from Nevada, uh, saw these uh, huge lines at a Clark County, Nevada supermarket in uh, a Hispanic area and tweeted that they just extended voting hours at a Mexican supermarket at 10 till 10 p.m. Polls are supposed to close at 7, but they extended them if there are people in line when the polls close. Something to keep in mind on Election Day. If you are in line when the polls close, you still get to vote, no matter how long it takes for you to vote. If it's till the next day, you, as long as you can stand in line, you will get to vote if you're there when the polls close. Don't let anyone tell you any differently. Close to 1,000 voters were in line at 7 o'clock. Uh, and uh, John Ralston said, if you have a panic button, GOP, find it. He added, Hispanics waiting online for hours to vote against Donald Trump in the state could block him from the presidency. And the fact that it was Hispanic voters that could stop uh, Donald Trump of all people, he said, uh, that is just too much. Well, we'll see. It might be too much. We'll see if that happens. Again, believe nothing. And certainly don't believe the uh, the Trump campaigns and their surrogates when they come out and they lie about what happened at this polling place in Clark County in Nevada. The other Michael McDonald, uh, who is apparently the uh, the chair of the uh, Nevada GOP, came out uh, at, a, at a Trump rally and blatantly lied 
about those folks in line simply trying to cast their vote uh, in that Hispanic area. If we don't get our people out to vote, they're going to win. Last night in Clark County, they kept a poll open till 10 o'clock at night so a certain group could vote. A certain group? What group? It wasn't in an area that normally has high transition. The polls are supposed to close at 7. This was kept open till 10. As per the law. Yeah, you feel free right now? You think this is a free and easy election? <laughs> so he's telling people at this Trump rally where Trump is about to appear that Democrats are uh, extending are, 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 are extending the polls, are allowing certain groups to vote longer than, you know, Republican groups. A complete and utter lie. Donald Trump, of course, came out at that same rally, I believe, and repeated the exact same lie. It's being reported that certain key Democratic polling locations in Clark County were kept open for hours and hours beyond closing time to bus and bring Democratic voters in. Folks, it's a rigged system. Okay, so now not only are they violating the law, now they're busing in. They're busing in uh, people to vote in those extra hours. It's a rigged system. I told you don't believe what you hear. Don't believe what you hear. Don't even believe what you hear from Kellyanne Conway, who uh, people like to say she's, you know, she's the the, the chair uh, campaign director or whatever for Donald Trump right now, that she's the, the nice one. She's the honest one. She goes out and speaks and. Uh, you know, when, when Donald Trump lies, she has to clean up his mess. Don't even believe her because she also went out and blatantly lied about what happened at this polling place when people were forced to stand in line for hours simply to cast their vote. Here, here's Kellyanne Conway on Sunday with Jake Tapper on CNN. Uh, Kellyanne, a spokesperson for Clark County, Nevada, said that folks who were in line before the polls closed were allowed to stay in line and vote. I'm sure you know that that's a common practice throughout the country. Um, if a whole bunch of Trump voters are in line when the polls close in Ohio, should they not be allowed to vote? Or would you want the polls closed uh, only after every single one of them in line at the closing time was allowed to vote? We just always want the law followed and the rules followed. And I do predict that you're going to see uh, really long lines, serpentine-like lines on Tuesday of folks there for Donald Trump. You're going to see record turnout in many of these places. But it, look, it's concerning when you, you hear reports about special favors and perhaps special rules for Democratic voters. We already know what? that the, the, their presidential favors? nominee Wait, the has special, special rules for what's her. This, what's What's this? I I'm don't saying understand. that we got people are in line. If people are in line when the when the polls close, they the people who are in line at that cutoff time are traditionally and in some places by law right. allowed to vote. You want that to happen on Tuesday right. with Trump voters? That's what Clark County I was sure reportedly do. doing and if, with 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 maybe, other voters. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I don't understand the discrepancy. Well, we've not been able we've not been able to independently verify that, but I'm telling <laughs> you that we just were. want the rules and the law followed. If voters are in line and and the county says you're in you're in line at seven o'clock, therefore we're going to wait until everybody in line at this cutoff point can vote. What's the problem? If if that is true, if that is true, there isn't a problem. But we don't know that that's true, and we'll and we'll all take a look at Tuesday as well. But yes, we just want the rules and the law followed. 
Well, so we, we we don't we just don't want special favors, special rules. We haven't been able to verify. Of course, they were able to verify it. Of course, she knows she is lying. Mind you, in that same interview, she talked about uh, Hillary Clinton's maid uh, printing out her emails or some such completely unverified nonsense that she had no problem passing on. But here where you have thousands of people who can absolutely verify what happened, uh, she goes on and lies about it. These are horrible people. Now, if you like people who lie, go vote for them. But, you know, I, I, I'm not going to pretend that, you know, they're not out and out lying. They're just making stuff up. So, you know, as noted, uh, this big early voter uh, voter turnout, a lot of people are talking about it. A lot of folks in the media are talking about it. Uh, it appears to be true. What, what can we make of it? Right now, I would argue nothing. A lot of people see this as good news, perhaps, for Clinton. Uh, a lot of that large early voter turnout uh, could also be enthusiastic Trump supporters in many places. Moreover, Republican turnout is often much larger via absentee ballots. And people aren't talking about that. That's not reflected in those early turnout numbers. Also, we still got Election Day ahead, and that could be when Trump voters or when Hillary voters turn out in record numbers. Nobody knows. Moreover, who knows how these ballots end up being tallied on these off-failed and easily manipulated electronic voting systems and, and tabulation systems? Not to mention if they will be tallied at all. A federal court decided late last week that uh, ballots that are cast out of precinct in Arizona will not be counted. So, again, believe nothing. Okay, uh, believe that we are running late. So let me take a quick break and we'll come back with more Bradcast right after this. Much more ahead. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. The 2016 election season is now at full throttle. Here at the Bradcast and bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year round like no other media outlet in the nation. But we need your support to keep doing so now more than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate to make a monthly pledge of any amount you like to help keep us going or even just a one-time-only contribution. While everyone else covers the horse race, we also keep our eyes on the track conditions those horses are running on. Because voting systems, access to the polls, and citizen oversight of election results can make all the difference. Please help us continue to fight independently for your democracy by taking about 60 seconds right now to stop by bradblog.com donate today. And thanks. Just play it cool, boy. Real cool. I'm trying. I'm trying to stay cool. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Trying to stay cool. Day before election day. Um, you know, uh, one of the reasons not to uh, believe anything you hear, to be skeptical, to remain skeptical above and beyond what I've uh, talked about in the previous segment, uh, is because, I, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but this Republican Party and the people who are still running it are just 
unapologetic liars. You may remember back in 2012 at bradblog.com, I broke a whole series of stories concerning this group by the name of Strategic Allied Consulting. And uh, it turns out uh, many, uh, this was a Republican outfit that was hired by the Florida Republican Party. It was hired by the uh, National Republican National Committee to do voter registration all over the country. And there was reports that they were turning in all of these fraudulent voter registrations. Now, you get plenty of attention if you do that, if you're a Democratic, uh, you know, seen as a group that works with, uh, you know, Democrats, a progressive group like ACORN, which they had to destroy. But if you're actually hired by the Republican Party itself, which ACORN never was, but in this case, the Republican Party itself had hired this group named Strategic Allied Consulting, and uh, all over the country in a whole bunch of states, there was reports that they were turning in uh, fraudulent registration systems. Well, it turned out this Strategic Allied Consulting, as we broke at the time at bradblog.com, was a company that was set up at the direction of the Republican Party to a new company set up so that nobody would know it was being run by this guy named Nathan Spruill. And uh, he and his company, Spruill and Associates, he also had another uh, firm that he used called Lincoln Strategy Group, they had been accused of voter registration fraud going back election after election after election in previous years. So this time when the Republican Party hired Nathan Spruill, they didn't want his fingers on it, and they actually... Uh, Spruill said as much. He told me as much at the time. And uh, Sean Spicer, spokesman for the Republican National Committee then and now, said at the time, once this came out, once the uh, fraudulent registrations had come out, um, we fired them. We fired them right away. We fired the strategic allied consulting right away because, quote, we have zero tolerance for any threat to the integrity of elections. When we were informed of an alleged incident, we immediately cut all ties to the company. Now, they didn't cut all ties. The company was still out there doing work for Republicans, um, and they were doing uh, work that was, at best, uh, unethical but perhaps illegal in a number of states. Essentially, what they were doing was they were going, and this was, and, and Spruill admitted this to me. He sent me an email uh, that he was proud about this. What they would do is they would claim to be, uh, they would stand outside libraries and claim to be pollsters. We're taking a poll today. If the, if, the, if the election was held today, would you vote for Barack Obama or Mitt Romney? If they said Mitt Romney, they say, oh, great. Would you like to register to vote? And then we, they would help them register to vote. If they said Barack Obama, they would say, thank you for your answer. Have a nice day. And that is certainly unethical uh, and arguably in a number of states where this was being done, including Nevada, uh, arguably illegal. But that's what they were doing. Uh, and as it turned out, uh, a number of their uh, registration workers ended up ple uh, pleading guilty to fraud. I'm sure, you know, Fox News uh, didn't spend much time on it. I think I was on Fox News talking about it four years ago, if I recall. Uh, but other than me, you know, they didn't spend much time talking about it. Spent a lot of time talking about Acorn, which doesn't exist anymore and which uh, was never found guilty of having committed voter fraud, despite what you have heard on Fox News. In any event, back in 2012, they got rid of this company. They got rid of Sproul, or at least they said they did. Well, now 
What do you know? 2016 and Donald Trump's campaign and the Republican National Committee have paid at least $1.8 million to a political operative whose roster of companies included several that have been repeatedly investigated for voter registration fraud, even as Trump is out there complaining that the election is rigged against him. This according to the Associated Press over the weekend. Uh, they mentioned the uh, three employees of Strategic Allied Consulting, owned by uh, Nathan Spruill, uh, that they pleaded guilty in Florida four years ago to felony charges related to altering and destroying scores of voter registration forms, something that uh, the ACORN workers were never accused of. By the way, ACORN was the one who turned in workers who uh, who turned in fraudulent ballots, uh, fraudulent registration forms because they didn't want to go out and do the work. So ACORN would turn them in to authorities. Not so here. And there was never an allegation that they were destroying uh, registrations from one uh, group or another. But that is what Nathan Sproul's outfit was doing, or at least his workers were doing. The RNC apparently uh, paid Sproul's company this year a total of $1.2 million in October for get-out-the-vote efforts. Records show that uh, the Trump campaign paid another $600,000 to Lincoln's strategy on October 27. Remember, this is the company, this is the guy that Sean Spicer, the uh, Republican National Committee spokesman, said we have zero tolerance for any threat to the integrity of elections and that we immediately cut all ties to the company. At least until next time, when we'll hire them again for almost $2 million dollars. RNC Chair Reince Priebus said he didn't know his organization was still doing business with Spruill. Sure he didn't. Uh, RNC spokesman Lindsey Walters declined to provide specific details about what uh, Spruill's uh, current work was for the party. Spruill, for his part, said in a statement on Friday that his companies had been, quote, cleared of any and all wrongdoing and that any past accusations against us, against his firms, have been, quote, utterly discredited That is not true. They have not been discredited. Neither have the threats by Nathan Spruill against me at Bradblog.com that he would sue me if I didn't take down my reports about Nathan Spruill. Uh, Reports which are accurate reports, which are still up there to this day. You can still go to Bradblog.com and search for Nathan Spruill, S-P-R-O-U-L, and see all of the coverage we did of, uh, of him back then. Uh, he he promised to sue me. He never did. Uh, I'm happy about that. Uh, but I'm also happy about those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to keep us in business just in case he does. A quick break, and we're back with more voting news, good and bad, right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. <laughs> Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com slash donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. Headed for the open door.
be. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Well, we all will come running uh, to the polling place or at least uh, lining up in an orderly manner to cast our vote uh, tomorrow on, uh, man, uh, this the final day before Election Day. And we will see if, in fact, our long national nightmare is over thereafter. It may just be beginning. Uh, in any event, I've got a lot of a lot of voting news today, uh, which you may or may not be surprised about on the day before the election. But you might be surprised that some of it is actually, uh, at least for fans of voting rights, actually some good news. Uh, let me start with the uh, not all of it. So let me start with the bad news here. Uh, the uh, Trump camp, you remember last week. Um, Democrats had filed uh, lawsuits in a number of states, including Ohio, to keep the Trump campaign uh, and uh, the various state Republican parties and Trump's uh, surrogates, a guy by the name of Roger Stone, who is out there uh, claiming that he's going to do various intimidation tactics. The, the suit was to keep voter intimidation from happening. And a court, a federal court in Ohio, agreed with the Democrats, ordered the Trump campaign, uh, put a, slapped a restraining order on them. Uh, to, to keep them from doing anything that would serve as intimidation at the polling place. And uh, the Trump camp vowed immediately to appeal it, essentially, I guess, uh, to say, well, no way, we don't want to be restrained in advance from voter intimidation. Well, they did appeal in Ohio and uh, the Sixth Circuit Court. This was a very unusual. They did something very strange here. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, a very conservative court, um, went ahead and made their ruling without allowing the Democrats to even respond to it. Nor did the Sixth Circuit actually review the evidence of the lower trial court that found in favor of the Democrats here in their suit. The uh, Sixth Circuit Court went ahead and uh, essentially appealed, uh, uh, repealed, overturned, uh, or put a stay, at least, on the restraining order against the Trump campaign and his associates. Saying, I guess it's OK to go ahead and uh, do voter intimidation. Basically, what what they what what the claim here is, is that the things that the Trump campaign is being restrained from doing are things that are already illegal. Now, the Democrats have since gone to the Supreme Court with this to uh, challenge the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals decision. And on Monday afternoon, the Supreme Court denied Democrats request to reinstate the trial court's order barring the presidential campaigns. It applied, by the way, it applied to the uh, Clinton campaign as well. Uh, and uh, barring the presidential campaigns uh, and others from what that lower court had viewed as voter intimidation tactics, the justices denied the request by the Democrats uh, without even speaking, uh, seeking a response from the Donald Trump campaign. They just uh, said, no, that uh, that that stay will stay in place. The Supreme Court issued a one sentence order denying the Democrats request. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice Ginsburg, issued a short statement noting that she also voted to deny the Democrats request, quote, mindful that Ohio law proscribes voter intimidation. It's already illegal to intimidate voters. She cited uh, and quoted from the Ohio law, which says harassment in violation of the election law includes an improper practice 
or attempt tending to obstruct, intimidate, or interfere with an elector in registering or voting at a place of registration or election. So it is still illegal to intimidate voters uh, in Ohio. Uh, similarly, the uh, Democrats also lost a, uh, a a complaint that they had filed against the Republican National Committee concerning a consent decree that the Republicans had uh, signed years ago, a court order essentially after they were caught doing exactly that, ballot integrity operations that targeted uh, racial minorities at the polling place and the Republicans signed a consent decree said, oh, sorry, we won't do that again. They're hoping that that consent decree from the 80s will soon be lifted so they can do, I guess, whatever they want, I guess. Um, but the Democrats are trying to have that uh, consent decree now extended for eight years, given the behavior that they see from the Republicans. Well, that uh, federal court has denied for now, at least, the extension of that uh, consent decree. It's still in place. It's still in place through the end of next year. Rick Hassan, uh, the election law expert over at Election Law Blog, said this is, of course, a loss for the DNC, but not really a complete one. He said this suit and the other suits around the country have served as information forcing devices to get Republicans and the Trump campaign to reveal their plans for, uh, quote, ballot security measures and to get assurances that the campaigns are taking steps to prevent voter intimidation on Election Day. Further, he writes, these courts are now open for business should there be problems on Election Day and the potential for further court action remains. They could still go right back to court. But now the Republicans are on record saying we have no plans to do this. So if, in fact, they do, uh, it may be uh, an, an easier path to the to the uh, to the courts and get them to stop it on Tuesday on Election Day. So um, bad and good news there for fans of voting rights. Here's some uh, undeniably bad news. There are now 868 fewer places to vote in 2016 because the Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act. That's the headline over at The Nation uh, over the weekend from Ari Berman following a, uh, a report from the Leadership Conference for Civil Rights, which surveyed 381 of the 800 counties that were previously covered by the section of the Civil Rights Act, I'm sorry, of the Voting Rights Act, that the Supreme Court gutted in 2013. They have closed polling places by the hundreds in these locations, and they either would not have been allowed to do so or they would have uh, at least had to get it approved first by a federal court or by the Department of Justice had this section of the Voting Rights Act not been gutted by the Supreme Court back in 2013. Uh, out of the 381 counties in our study, they write 165 of them, 43 percent, have reduced voting locations this year. Arizona uh, Berman writes is the poster child for voting problems in the primary. They had all kinds of problems. Almost every county in the state reduced polling places in advance of the 2016 election, and almost every county closed polling places on a massive scale, resulting in 212 fewer polling places. In Tucson, uh, that's Pima County, the second largest county in the state, which is 35 percent Latino, it leans Democratic. It's the nation's biggest closer of polling places. They went from 280 in 2012 down to 218 in 2016. 
uh, Cochise County, which is on the Mexico border. It's got uh, thirty. It's thirty percent Latino. It was sued by the uh, by the Justice Department back in two thousand and six for failing to print election materials in Spanish or to have Spanish speaking poll workers in violation of the Voting Rights Act at the time. Now they are the nation's biggest closer by percentage. They have shuttered sixty three percent of their voting locations in Cochise County. That's Arizona. Texas has closed more than 400 polling places, more than any other state in the study. Almost half of all Texas counties in their sample uh, closed polling places since the Shelby County decision in 2013 at the Supreme Court, resulting in, in 403 fewer voting locations for the 2016 election than in years past. Uh, remember when uh, Justice Roberts uh, gutted the, the, the uh, Voting Rights Act, he said the things have dramatically changed in the South. The tests and devices that blocked ballot access have been forbidden for 40 years now. But uh, as we're seeing in 2016, Ari Berman adds the states previously covered by the Voting Rights Act keep finding new ways to undermine the right to vote. All right. Finally, uh, very quickly here. um Two good pieces of news uh, in Kansas story we've covered uh, now for months, years, uh, where Chris Kobach has been trying to uh, set up a two tier voting system. If you haven't turned in proof of citizenship, then you will only be allowed to vote in uh, federal uh, elections, not in state elections. Well, that seems to now be over finally for good. A judge had ruled um, that uh, Kobach lacks the authority to create such a system. And all of those people who were only allowed to vote for several elections now in state elections only, now they will be uh, in federal elections only, now they will be allowed to vote. The people of Kansas have been freed to vote as you like. Congratulations, Kansas. As well, registered voters who were purged improperly in North Carolina, they too have been ordered back on the rolls by a federal court who has blocked uh, several counties that were purging voters in violation of the Federal Voting Rights Act, uh, Federal Motor Voter Law. That's the Voter Registration Act. Those people are now back on, including that 100-year-old African-American woman we uh, we talked to uh, about last week on this program who's been voting at the same place for decades, and she was purged from the rolls. All of those people are back on. Hang in there. Hang together. Stay together. Uh, come Election Day, uh, come what may, we'll come together as a country. I know a lot of us are anxious. Bill Maher said as much over the weekend on on Real Time with Bill Maher. I don't know about you, but this election, wow. I feel like I'm waiting for the x-rays to come back. <laughs> and it's not just liberals, you know, who are nervous. It's uh, independents, moderates, sane Republicans, future generations, every other country on earth, all the animals, the fish in the sea. There are amoeba under the ice on Mars <laughs> saying, oh, this could be bad for us. We'll be okay. We'll get through it together. If you have any problems voting, remember, call 866-OUR-VOTE and report it. Let the media know. Let your county clerk know. Let your social, social uh, or your secretary of state know. 
Uh, and let us know. You can reach me via email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. You can reach me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the bradblog. My thanks to our producer today, Desi Doyen, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. We appreciate it. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. All right, here we go, America. We will get through this. We'll get through it together. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Same Brad time, same Brad channel. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Hey.